Welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. How is everybody? Very good. Very good. I have to say, um, I reckon there should be a GoPro somewhere up. Back of my hair. There should be a GoPro. I was like, who is that? There should be a GoPro like facing this way. There's nothing more powerful than seeing a room filled with people lifting up the name of Jesus, declaring his greatness, declaring his majesty. It's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly moving. I was spying in between those um, those those lights. What do you call them? Screens there. But it's incredibly moving. I reckon we should get a GoPro so you can see what you look like because it's I think it's a small glimpse of heaven. But today I want I want to talk to you about something that God has been, um, probably over the last couple of months that he's been really just revealing to me. I feel like sometimes I'm a bit of a slow learner. Things take time. I'm like a slow cooker. Takes time. And um, I want to talk to you about this seat's taken. This seat's taken. You might want to say to your neighbour, this seat's taken. Don't try and take my seat. This seat's taken. And I don't know if you can relate. Maybe you can remember back to being on the school bus, getting the bus to school. You know what it's like, like you're walking in, maybe you're the rookie, you're the year seven, it's your first year. You're not really sure, do you sit at the back of the bus? Where do you sit? So you go, you see a seat, you go, you try and get the seat. Someone sees you coming and they put their coat on it and they say, this seat's taken. Turn around, this seat's taken. Has anyone been there? No, or maybe you're traveling on the tube or the train. I don't know, many of you flew, you got transport here and it's busy, isn't it? Sometimes it's busy and your legs get tired and you're just waiting for someone to leave on the next stop so that you can get a seat. And then a seat becomes available and you think, all right, fair enough, I'll go and get the seat. And someone again looks you squarely in the eyes, dumps the bag on it and says, this seat's taken. What do you do? Maybe you're on a plane or maybe you're going to the cinema. You've got a specific seat number. It's 29A. And then you go to find your seat only to find that somebody else is sitting in it. Do you know I had a drama this week? Drama. I laugh because um, sometimes when I'm speaking about things, God gives me examples, like real life examples. So a really lovely lady, a friend of mine um, said, you're going to get your nails done. Do you like my nails? They're pink. Um, And I'm not really into nails, but it was a real treat. But anyway, I went in and there was this small bench where it's just like the waiting area before you go for your appointment. I went in, I had my youngest daughter with me. I was really excited. And this lady, she's like literally, she couldn't have spread herself out more widely. She was taking up the entire bench, her bag, she had a makeup bag, she had like stuff spilling out of the bag, she had her coat, everything. And um, so said, oh, I'm here for my 12.45 appointment. She said, oh, a seat and I literally I went um where because this lady had just made herself so at home and um I said where and the lady said oh just on the bench anyway the lady you know what it's like when someone's trying to ignore you so I kind of went a bit closer because I was a bit early and um finally she tutted at me can you believe it she went I suppose you can sit here. And then she moved everything up. And then you feel really bad, don't you? It's a horrible feeling. Whenever you're trying to get a seat, you feel like, you know, you're entitled to your seat and someone's taking your seat. Now, I feel like maybe Steve gave the Brits a bad rap. So... I'm just going to, I've got the microphone. I'm speaking truth this morning. Another example that I don't understand. You know where I'm going with this. 
This is Mark's towel. Mark's towel. So, the first time I saw this in real life was about 20 years ago. Mark and I went on a really cheap package holiday. We went to Turkey. And you get up early because you think it's hot. You want to have a sun lounge near, this, near the pool so that you can have the British moment where it's like, you're getting in, we're in. It's not as bad as you think. Anyway, I get up. Mark and I get out, have breakfast. There's no one else around the pool, but there are no seats because a certain nationality <laughs> that begins with G has taken them all. What is that? Can't believe it. Can't believe it. This seat's taken. Are you getting the picture? This seat's taken. Sorry, I'm not being personal. I just don't understand it. Maybe someone can help me understand. I don't understand it. We're British, we obey by the rule, don't we? If someone's towels on it, we can't move it, can we? We, don't, we wouldn't do that because we're British. But um, I want to take you to a really simple verse and really what God has been speaking about. In Psalm 22, verse three, it says, you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Such a well-known scripture. You are holy, God, enthroned in the praises of your people. And we know this, don't we? Praise is God's throne. Praise is the throne on which God's able to sit down. And God has already got in heaven a throne that is established forever. And whether we praise Him or not, He is still King. But yet when we praise Him, we create a seat for Him. We create a throne for Him. A throne is simply a seat. It's a seat where Jesus can rule with power and with authority. And I've been captivated at the thought of giving Jesus a seat. Every time I praise, I am giving Jesus a seat. And it's like, uh, sometimes I think my life is so cluttered. It's like being on the bus. There's stuff on the seat and it's stopping Jesus from being able to come and to sit on His throne with power and authority authority in my life. And um, I've just felt this increasing burden, this increasing burden. I was going for walks. I go for dog walks in the morning. I went this morning and um, me and Rosie Chewbacca, our dog, she's the worst guard dog. And um, anyway, we go, for, we go for walks and there's this big field and I've been introduced to Reggie the Alsatian. Alsatians are terrifying looking dogs. They are big, they've got big teeth. And I met Reggie. And anyway, I'm doing my usual prayer walk walking around the field and I'm praying in tongues and sometimes, it doesn't happen all the times, so I don't want to sign spiritual, but sometimes I'll find myself praying in tongues and then something will come out in English and I feel it's like me slowly catching up with the Holy Spirit is doing. And this phrase, Jesus, you must be praised. And um, it happened like over a number of days, getting up, just going for my normal prayer walk, Jesus, you must be praised. And then there was one moment where I, one, one day that week, one morning that week, and I'm taking Rosie for a walk and Reggie the Alsatian's there and Reggie hasn't got very good recall. So I try to avoid him because Rosie's, not great if she gets involved with other dogs. She's like very timid. So I tried to avoid him. I went the long way. And I'm, I'm praying, Jesus, you must be praised. And then I don't know what it was, like something punched me in the stomach. I'm like this, Jesus, you must be praised. Trying to walk my dog and Reggie comes. And I'm like, this, Jesus, you must be praised. And I, I was like, God, I can see Reggie's cut. 
He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And um, but it was like this powerful moment. Jesus, you must be praised. And how many of you know when you get something, like a small part of a revelation, it's an invitation. I'm like, what does that mean? Of course I know Jesus, you must be praised. But I wanna share with you just what I feel is the revelation that God has been showing me just about this whole thought of this seat's taken, but who is it taken by? And you know, I feel like this is such a simple message, but if we get this, it is powerful. It's got the ability to release creative miracles this morning, I believe. And the first thought is just that praise gives the seat. And you're like, yeah, I know. But if you get this, it is powerful. Praise gives the seat. Whatever you praise gets the seat. You praise Justin Bieber, he gets a seat in your throat of your heart. What is he thinking about me? You praise, I don't know, yourself, gets the throne of your heart. It's a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle. It's a mechanism that God has designed so that He Himself can be seated in our lives and He can rule with power and authority. He wants to be involved in every area of our lives. And you know, there's a seat in our mind, the way that we think, our mindsets, there is a seat. And I didn't realise, I didn't think I was a selfish person. Turns out, Insecurity is all about you. Is anyone in the room a little bit insecure? Sometimes insecurity climbs up on the seat of your mind. And it might be things like questions you ask yourself like, uh, what if I'm wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? What if people misunderstand me? What if people don't like me? What if I hurt someone? What if people aren't happy with what I've created? And you know the common thread with all those thoughts? It's me. And if I'm sitting on the throne of my mind, the seat in my mind, it's very hard for someone else to come and sit on that seat. Again, stories to illustrate this. I'm in a steam room, a spa. Has anyone been in a steam room? I don't know if I like it or I'm still, I don't know what I feel about steam rooms. Things drop on you like, is it steam or is it someone else's sweat? I don't know. I know that it's good for you. I know it's good for your skin. One time I'm sitting and I go into a steam room and I see other people going into the steam room, but I can't see where they're sitting. And I think maybe there's an exit somewhere else and they've left. And I actually accidentally sat down on somebody that was lying down. I was like, oh! It's really hard to sit when there's someone else in the seat. Really hard. What about in our heart? There's a seat in our heart, isn't there? So subtle. Sometimes pride can climb up on the seat of your heart. Sometimes bitterness, you know, sometimes things happen, don't they, in life? Bitterness can climb up. We're not careful. It can take a seat in the seat of our heart. Unforgiveness. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what my childhood was like. And I don't, but we've just got to be aware if something is sitting on the seat of our heart, Jesus can't sit there and He wants to sit there. He's created a mechanism so that He can be seated and help to rule with power and authority. Psalm 89 verse 14, I want you to picture the throne of Jesus. It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. So wherever Jesus is seated, there's righteousness and there is justice. Who doesn't want God's righteousness and justice operating in every area of our life? I want it in the seat of my mind, the way that I think. I want to operate God's righteousness, His justice in my heart. I want that to be what's coming out of me. 
But if we give a seat to something other than Jesus through us, through our praise, He's not able to be seated. Praise gives the seat. Praise gives the seat. And to illustrate this, I wanna go to Luke 17. It's the story about the 10 lepers, really well known. um, Starting at verse 11, I'll come up behind. It just says, as Jesus continued on towards Samaria, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered their village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Master, Jesus, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. One comes back, shouts, okay, we can, we can do this. He shouts, he shouts, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now the translation says, Jesus says, be made whole. Be made whole. 10 lepers all suffering from the same disease. There was no cure for this disease at that time when they were living. And all of them probably outcast from their families, thrown out of the villages. They wouldn't have just heard someone when they come close saying this seat's taken. It would have been yelled at them because of their condition. This seat's taken. Don't even think of coming into this village. This seat's taken. Don't even think of coming close to us. They'd not have been allowed to come close to anyone. And their faces would have been distorted. Lepers would have lost like their nose, their ears fell off. Often it would start at the peripheries, that was their fingers, their toes, and the disease would just eat away. It would get on the inside, bones would rot, they'd become brittle, they'd break. And so you've got these 10 lepers together and they hear about Jesus. I love this because in a few chapters previously, they would have heard about Jesus touching the leper, which was unheard of in those days. Maybe they heard him say him being called the great physician. I don't know. But they came straight to Jesus. Some of them, their eyes would have turned blind because of the leprosy. They would have been missing toes, missing fingers, missing limbs. They were coming with less than what they had been born with. They were coming to Jesus with less than what they were born with. I don't know if you can imagine walking with broken bones, open wounds. It would have hurt. It would have been painful. It would have been tricky. Balance would have been a challenge. They'd probably been weary and upset, but they came to Jesus. They would have known that phrase, this seat's taken all too well. And I love what Jesus does. He turns to them and He says, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And that's a whole other message, I think. But what I want to talk about is the guy, the one leper that came back to Jesus and he, he, he praised God. He praised God. Remember, whatever we praise, we give the seat. Whatever we praise, we give the seat. And righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. 
One leper praised Jesus and what happened? He was made whole. He created a seat for Jesus to sit on without even realising it. And I wonder up until that point, what had taken that seat? If you think about the seat in his mind, you could understand a man where the seat was taken by torment. Maybe the seat was occupied by rejection. Maybe the seat was occupied by loneliness. What about his heart? I bet his heart, probably the seat was taken by anger, by resentment. Doesn't say much about him. I don't know, did he have a family? I'm always like, the Bible is so vague on details. I wanna know what, like, what was his life like? Was he a dad? Did he have kids? He would have had to say goodbye to them. He would have had to leave. He may have been a successful businessman. He would have had to turn his back on that. He may have been a well-known, upstanding member of the community, but he would have had to walk away from that. And you can understand how his mind would become consumed. Something else could sit on the seat of his mind. You could understand how the seat of his heart could be occupied by someone else. The affliction, the disease that he was carrying. But this man fell at the feet of Jesus and he praised God. And Jesus says, be made whole. Be made whole. His praise healed him. His praise released creative miracles on that day. The other nine were cleansed and healed, but this one leper was made whole. He was cleansed, healed, and he was made whole. And it's that thought. I think this is why I ended up like this with Reggie the Alsatian running at me. Because it's this thought, this picture that praise releases creative miracles. And I really feel so strongly today that God is wanting to release creative miracles. That picture of lepers coming to Jesus was less than what they'd been born with. Many in the room are coming and it's like your life looks so much less than what God had originally planned for you. But I believe today that by the power of the Holy Spirit that He's gonna release and unlock creative miracles so that you leave not looking the way that you came in. Things were made whole. This man would have lost his toes, his fingers. He would have missed normal life, missed his health, missing connection, missing family. But because he praised Jesus, he was made whole. He was restored. It's so important to remember the power of praise. I know we talk about praise a lot, but praise, I love what Derek Prince says. He says, worship connects us. It relates us to God's holiness. Thanksgiving connects us to God's goodness, but praise relates us to His greatness. Praise relates us to God's greatness. Sometimes I wonder why there is a, there's so many worship songs, but not many praise songs. And I wonder if it's because the enemy, he knows if we relate to God's greatness, things are made whole, creative miracles are released. God is able to restore what He had originally planned over people, over nations, over the destiny of individuals, over generations. Like I said, the other nine lepers, they were healed and they were cleansed, but this one man, he got his stuff back. Again, I'm really visual. I love imagining. Maybe he was praising Jesus with the one finger that was left. And as he did, his fingers were restored. 
I wonder if as he jumped and he praised Jesus, whether, I don't know, did he have toes? Did he even have a foot? Had the disease eaten that away? But as he praised Jesus, creative miracles took place and he was made whole. Can you imagine his nose coming back? Can you imagine his ears coming back? The things that had been, he'd had to learn to live with coming back because he praised Jesus. Praise is the answer. Do you know anger is not the answer? Praise is the answer. Despair is not the answer. Feeling sorry for yourself is not the answer. Praise is the answer. When you praise Jesus, you're saying to everything else, this seat's taken. This seat's taken by Jesus. This seat's for Jesus. And sometimes there are seasons in life where you experience loss. We've all had seasons in life where you experience loss, just like this man. He lost his health, lost his health, lost the family, lost the future. Maybe it was the future that he'd hoped of or he dreamed of as a young boy, just taken from him. It wasn't fair. He lost it because of the leprosy. And I really sensed as I was praying, there were people in this room and you've come in and you've lost You've lost stuff. You've lost stuff. And God knows who you are. He sees you. I really sense that He wants to release His creative, miracle-working power so that you don't look like what you have been through. The other nine, they were healed, but they looked like what they'd been through. But this one, because He praised Jesus, because He gave Jesus the seat in His heart, in His mind, He got stuff back. Praise releases creative miracles. I'm just asking, who's sitting in the seat of your heart today? Who's sitting in the seat of your mind? It's a battle. I'm not saying we get it and it's all done. Sometimes I wake up. The reason I go for a pray first thing in the morning is for the sake of my family. I'm a much nicer person after I've been talking to Jesus. Genuinely, sometimes I wake up and I think, am I saved? I go to bed, I love Jesus, and I wake up and I'm like, wow. Okay, put the tracksuit bottoms on, get yourself out there, take the dog for a walk and praise Jesus. When we praise, when we praise, it gives Jesus His rightful seat. It removes stuff that builds up in our minds. It removes stuff that climbs onto the seat in our heart. It's daily. It's a daily praise and it's a forever praise. But when we do, Jesus is able to be seated. It's His mechanism for releasing His power and His authority in you and through you. He's good. Even when life isn't good, you know God is still good. I've discovered something. Sometimes I climb up on the seat trying to control, trying to work out my life, trying to be a control freak. And actually God's really good at being God. That's my conclusion. It's deep. You're welcome. God is really good at being God. He's really good at being God. He's been doing it for generations after generations after generations. He's got a lot of practice, a lot of practice and patience. I'm talking about praising God. You know, of course we praise God when He meets our needs. Of course you praise Him for what He's done. Of course we say thank you, but don't stop at this because what happens when what we think should happen doesn't happen? Does your praise get silenced? 
We're talking about giving Jesus the seat. Saying thank you, praising God for what He has done is low praise. It's just good manners. It's entry level praise. It's praise 101. But I want to talk about high and holy praise because the more I've looked at praise in the Bible, David says, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. He prophesied to himself, oh my soul, bless the Lord, forget not all his benefits. But then you read in other, in other parts of the Bible where it's talking about high praise. And again, I'm like, Jesus must be praised. What does that mean, high praise? What's the difference between praise and high praise? High praise. Psalm 149, verse 6, it just says, Let my, sorry, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Not the high praises of your opinion, what you did well, what you didn't do well. Let the high praises of God be in my mouth. That's a great thing to pray over yourself. God, would you loosen my tongue? Would you unbutton my lips? Let the high praises of King Jesus be found in my mouth because it is giving the seat to Jesus. I looked up in the dictionary because you know you think you know what a word means, like high. I know what that means. But trying to define it, I was like, oh, let's have a look. Dictionary, quick, quick. Um, High is defined by the Collins Dictionary, something that extends a long way from the bottom to the top. Cambridge Dictionary is defined as being a large distance from the top to the bottom or a long way above the grind. So think of a high building. Have you ever stood right next to a high building and tried to see the top? It's like you almost get a little bit dizzy. You can't quite see the top. You get a bit dizzy. Um, High mountain. You look, you stand at the bottom of a high mountain. If you look at it, you know when you look at a mountain from like not that close, you think, I could climb. That looks easy. And then you start climbing the mountain. It's like, oh, where's the inhaler? Where's the oxygen tank? Where's the reinforcements? But that picture of high, when you stand in front of something, it just seems so far above where your current reality is, where you're standing. Painting high ceilings, has anyone ever done that? I can reach this, I can't, I'm five foot three. I need reinforcements, I need ladders, I need like the extendable pole and also stand on my tiptoes. It's hard, it involves a stretch, it involves reaching. And I say this because high praises are when you choose to praise God, even when your mind can't comprehend the reality of what's in front of you and the reality of God's promises that you know that He has spoken to you. Do you know the Bible says that there is a greater reality, that there is a higher reality available to us. It says, fix your eyes on the reality of heaven. I don't know what that looks like. I just know if you try to understand it, you get a little bit dizzy, but it is there and it is there for us. High praises are when you praise God and your heart can't grasp the distance between what the feeling that you're feeling and the reality of what God has spoken over a loved one. That's high praise. Not entry level praise, high and holy praise. God is wanting to fill our mouths with high and holy praise so that some seats in nations, some seats in generations, some seats in our families can be properly made clear for King Jesus to be able to come and sit as He should. Do you know high praises then when you're praising God, not because He's answered a prayer, 
but because He's your Redeemer. High praises are when you praise God because He is Lord. High praises are when you praise God because nothing can separate you between the love of Him and you. High praises are because He is your strong tower that you can run to and find refuge. High praises are when you praise Him because He is the God, He is the rock of ages, because He is your very present help in times of need, because He is the one who defends fiercely the widows. He is the one who is the father to the fatherless. He is the one who is closer than a brother. High praise is not about what He is doing or not doing in your opinion. It's about who He is. And I really sense God wants us to relate to His greatness this morning. There is a greater reality that is available for every single one of you. There is a higher reality that is available for every single one of you. And if we will embrace this, creating a seat for King Jesus, I believe He is gonna be able to speak wholeness into situations. He's gonna be able to release wholeness into families. He's gonna be able to release wholeness into nations. He is gonna be able to be King, He's going to be able to rule with righteousness and with justice because when He sits, this seat is taken by Jesus. This seat is taken by Jesus. And we want everything. We want everything in our lives to say this seat is taken by Jesus. Our mind is taken by Jesus. Our heart is taken by Jesus. Our family is taken by Jesus. Do you know your praise is powerful? Your praise is so powerful. I think that's why the enemy loves worship sets. So many churches and they just worship and there's nothing wrong with worship. Like Derek Prince says, it, cre- it relates us to his holiness. It's important. But what about Praise. I even sense there are people in this room and it's like God has poised His pen on your tongue. You're gonna be able to write songs. You're gonna be able to write lyrics. You're gonna be able to write things that will help loosen high praise into people's home. You're gonna be able to write things that will loosen high praise, that will break things that shouldn't be sitting on the seat that belongs to Jesus. Foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. You won't look like this one leper. He didn't look like by what he had been through. He'd been through infirmity, he'd been through pain, he'd been through a lot of stuff, a lot of loss. But his praise removed everything from that throne of his heart and it enthroned Jesus. How do you know when you've praised enough? when only Jesus has got the seat. And I think it's a daily and forever praise. I don't think we ever get there. There are things that come, thoughts in our mind, motions, things that happen, and they're constantly trying to climb on the seat. But I want us today to have a moment where we clear stuff and only King Jesus is seated there. Do you know in the book of Joel chapter two, it says, I, God says, I will restore the years. And maybe that's what you're feeling. Maybe you're feeling the enemy has stolen years. Like Monica, there's just been years of loss. There's been years of broken relationship, years of lack. But I wanna prophesy, Joel, too, to you. His promise is that He will restore the years. 
I don't understand how He does it, but that's not for us to understand. I just know that when He is given the seat and high praises come out of His mouth, it enables Him to sit and restore what has been stolen. Be made whole. God's heart for you is to be made whole. Stuff happens. It's not God's plan, but He has got a plan. He is a master at restoring things that have been stolen. The enemy steals, kills, destroys. God comes to give us abundant life. He wants to restore. He wants to make hearts whole today. He wants to make minds whole today. He wants to make families whole today. If things have been stolen, can I suggest if things have been lost, it's time for high praise. It's time for high praise. His seat is taken by Jesus. I'm gonna praise you daily and forever. I love David. He says, seven times a day, I stop to praise you. I don't even pray seven times a day, but seven times a day, David stopped and praised God. He tapped into the power of praise. It's about saying to God, God, I'm not even asking for the answer. God, right now, I'm not even asking for the breakthrough. I'm just asking you to hear my praise. I'm gonna praise you for who you are. God, I praise you, your name is great and greatly to be praised. God, I praise you that you are faithful. God, I praise you that you are far beyond my understanding. God, I praise you that your mercies are new every morning. God, I praise you that your goodness is towards me. God, I praise you that you sustain me. God, I praise you that you are the giver of good things. I praise you, God, that you are pure. God, I praise you that you are faithful in all that you do. God, I praise you that you are trustworthy in all that you promise. God, I praise you that you are limitless. God, I praise you that you are slow to anger, but rich in love. God, I praise you that you clothe me in righteousness. God, I praise you that you want me to have a soundness of mind. God, I praise you that your love is so perfect. It casts out fear. God, I praise You for who You are. Before we ask Him for anything, before we ask for breakthrough, God, I'm asking that You would hear my praise. God, would You hear my praise? I want to invite You to Your feet. If You want to stand to Your feet. I'm sorry if I'm a bit over the top, but this all started with Reggie. Jesus must be praised. And I realise now, the reason why Jesus must be praised is about the seat. Sorry. It's about the seat. Jesus must be praised so that He can have the seat. The seat is God's mechanism for Him to come and to rule with righteousness and justice. Jesus must be praised. The high praises of God are in your mouth. They're in your mouth. And in a moment, I'm gonna put this, it's really basic, it's not to insult you, but I'm aware there are many languages in this room and I wanna feed you God's Word. These are all from God's Word. They're a starting point, praising God for who He is. And I hope that they translate. You might wanna take a photograph. I'd encourage you, do that so that when you pray, praise is what comes out of your mouth. Whenever you walk into situations where things have been stolen, praise, high praise is what fills your mouth.
God is wanting this to be a nation, a room of nations where high praise, like a river, isn't just in here, but it is going out into the nations. High praise is what is gonna change things because it enthrones Jesus. Do you know, thinking about, I was in the wild yesterday. I know I'm a little bit older than that, like a lot. Um, I was deeply impacted because you hear the reality, and I know this isn't just in the UK, you hear the reality of the youth. And man, they've been smashed by COVID. And I stood at the back of the room, sorry, but I stood at the back of the room and honestly, I was like, yes. Pastor Harry Slade was praying for hungry young people and they were having encounters with Jesus. Some of them were passed out on the floor. I was like, God, I want that. I want that not just to be, not just to be what happens here, but like a river. like a river. I felt like it was a picture of what God wants to do in schools. And I've been so impacted, so inspired by what happens in Auckland and all around New Zealand. And it's the youth leading the youth. But I felt like yesterday I saw something and it was tangible. You know, Psalm 145, it just says, one generation shall praise your works to another. Another translation says, generation after generation will declare more of your greatness. If we don't praise, can you hear my heart? If we don't praise, we will lose a generation. High and holy praise. This isn't even, like Steve, Pastor Steve said, this isn't even about us anymore. This is about the next generation. One generation will praise your works to the next. And what I want us to do, I want us to open our mouths. You know, in English, we've got 26 letters in the alphabet. Sometimes I'm like, how do you praise God enough? But I know when you open your mouth and your heart is to lift high and holy praise because you want to see praise bringing creative miracles because you want to see a generation reached. I know that the Holy Spirit is faithful to fill them. And so on the screen, it'll come up. It's really not to insult you, it's to give you words to start that the Holy Spirit can breathe on and allow high and holy praise. And so I wanna pray, Father, in the Name of Jesus, I thank You that Your Holy Spirit is here and Your Holy Spirit is the greatest minister. Your Holy Spirit is the greatest loosener of tongues. And in the Name of Jesus, I declare right now, tongues being loosened, lips being unbuttoned, God, where the enemy has silenced people's praise. In the Name of Jesus, we declare, King Jesus, that You will take Your seat, You will be enthroned. Lord, that You would loosen high and holy praise. Father, we praise You that You are great, that You are far beyond our understanding. Father, we praise You that Your greatness is so vast, it's so 
deep. It's unsearchable. God, we declare You are worthy of praise from the beginning of time throughout all eternity. This is a daily and forever praise. Holy Spirit, I ask that there be a loosening in the Name of Jesus. I'd encourage you, lift up Your voice in praise. Lift up King Jesus. Give Him the seat that He alone deserves. He is enthroned in the praises of His people. in this room. I want to read this to you. Psalm 22, verse 28. The kingship and the kingdom are the Lord's. He is ruler over the nations. Jesus is ruler over the nations. But we've got a part to play in creating a seat for Him to come and sit in our nations. Psalm and. Two, verse 12. I remember that you, O Lord, still sit as king over all. The fame of your name will be revealed to every generation. The fame of King Jesus will be lifted, it will be revealed to every generation. Psalm 85 Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Psalm 48, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There is something about high praise that I believe God is wanting to lift a lid that has been over nations. Principalities and powers that have sat in seats that are not theirs need to be dethroned and King Jesus brought back to the centre. And what I want us to do, I love that song, praise. One line, it says, praise is the water my enemies drown in. Like a river that that we would lift a high and holy praise that's so high that we are drowning enemies off thrones and seats that they don't belong in. So I don't know what we're going to do, but I feel we've got high and holy praise. There are creative miracles. And you might even just want to say to God what it is. God, I'm aware of my loss. I'm aware of my lack. But would you do for me as I praise 
what you did for that leper. Restore what's been stolen, okay? This is for our generations yet to come. This is for the nations that we represent. High and holy praise. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend. 